Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome everybody to Guys and a Mike Show Midweek Wednesday. Thank you so much for joining us, Big Dog and the Coach, at your service right up until 11 o'clock. Other side of the glass, David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Lots to talk about today, including the Miami Heat, Chicago Bulls, Game 2, dot, dot, dot. The saga continues. Cubs lose again. White Sox, lose, uh, White Sox win. Cleveland Indians win once again, too, and the Cleveland Indians come a visit and take it on the White Sox. Should be a pretty good series, and having said all that, Big Dog, I'm reading from a couple of experts that possibly, and I don't know if this will take precedence over the Bulls Heat Series, but there's a possibility the world could come to an end this Saturday. Your thoughts, my friend, and how are you? Uh, no, no, no. The world is not coming to any end okay. this Saturday. Don't Just, listen to any of that. Just checking. Uh, Coach, there's a couple other things that have to happen first before the world comes okay. to an end. It's not happening this particular uh, Saturday. I got a little bit confused. I'm trying to schedule my weekend. I wasn't sure if Game 3, Heat, Bulls, was Saturday, end of the world Sunday, or was it end of the world Saturday, Game 3, Heat, and Bulls on Sunday. But I guess at this point you're telling me it doesn't really matter. Well, if, if it is end of the world on Saturday, I better pick up my laundry on Friday. <laughs> So that would really suck if the world ends and I don't have my socks with me. Uh, that actually could plenty be plenty underwear. Plenty of underwear, coach. That'd be a, <laughs> it'd be a good title for your book, Big Dog. If the if the world is ending Saturday, I better pick up my laundry Friday. <laughs> stories and more thoughts by Joel Redwanski. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be that tame, though, coach. I hate to tell you. I hate to, no, I, I'm starting to find out there's all type of end of the world stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I, when I was getting on the line. I have people tugging on my shoulder, talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger, talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger. And like, I didn't even know what was going on. And then I guess the, I found out that the, the rumors that I had started weeks ago ended yes. up coming to fruition. Coach, you got this is reactionary sports radio. Yep. I need to be told what happened with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Can happen to anybody, Big Dog. Can happen to anybody. A, uh, I heard he, he, a, tripped, a, he fell and he landed on top of one of the staff. Something like that. Something like that in a fully extended position, apparently okay. with an administrative assistant. A child was uh, conceived approximately 10 years ago, and he said it's the only time, only time he ever straight. And the beautiful and lovely Maria Stryver. He actually didn't say that. But, uh, I certainly you know, hope he didn't. I, really, come on. Big dog, it can happen. It can happen. It can happen to anybody. If you had an administrative aide hanging around, tell me you wouldn't uh, slip once or twice. No, no, Coach, I'm, I'm going to admit this uh, wholeheartedly. Okay, um, I will never have a female admitted, admitted whatever, aid. Uh-huh. There's no way. No, because I, I will slip. Let's just put it that way. Let's talk about I'm a man that knows my own weaknesses. Yep. I either legitimately would have to have, like, my mom or my aunt, maybe a grandma, okay, mm-hmm. or I would have to have, like a, like, a very smelly male. Yeah, like some guy, you know, six, three, six feet three inches with body hair named Earl. You know, I can't have I can't have like a, like some woman say to me, okay, so what else do you need, sir? Well, yeah. I can think of a bunch of things. As a matter of fact, mm-hmm. all oh, right. So yeah, for, you know, for all those people that have been emailing us uh, as Joel moves up in the 
professional world looking for a position as administrative aide, possibly a staff member. I think we can safely say at this point, males, only the temptation of a female, just uh, not good from a professional standpoint for you, Big Doug. And, and let's get this straight before anybody gets the wrong idea. I'm not looking for a page, okay? I'm no. not looking for any type of no. male page. No. I mean, a legitimate assistant. Uh, uh, yeah. Almost like an intern, because they're not going to get paid, Coach. Absolutely. Well, you're in stall number three. You are not tapping your feet. Let's just, let's just <laughs> put it that way. Yeah, I don't know any of the specific yeah. uh, ways you're supposed to hold your feet. I don't mm-hmm. know how. I don't know any of that stuff. I don't know. If, am I supposed to wear like jewelry of some sort? I'm really not aware of any of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll we'll get you a book. I'll, I'll get you a little manual so you can be primed up on it. But I'm uh, sure we've had. I'm sure we've had the guy who sold that book on the show before plugging it. <laughs> and it was not Dr. Udo's Erasmus. <laughs> oh. Goodness. Big dog, great to talk to you. Big midweek Wednesday. Lots of stuff going on, both on sports page and off. I mean, how do you top the end of the world story? But I don't know, the Oprah show coming to an end and the big, uh, you know, United Center the last couple of days. They've had all the celebrities in town. I don't know if that's a bigger story than the end of the world. Many Oprah fans would argue that it is, though. Maybe this is what the Saturday they finally pulled the plug, right? Well, the the final show was yesterday. Now, it won't be filmed until when? Next week, I believe. Or, or yeah, shown, I, rather. Yeah, yeah but, that's uh, but it's they really actually, amazing how they do it. They actually taped the final show, well, all the celebrities. Well, no, no, no. She, it's not going to be the final show that they taped last night. Uh-oh. She's taping her final show either today or tomorrow. Oh, really? Yeah, it's What's... just it's just going to be her. No ah, audience, no nothing. Oh, cool. That is going to be the last show. Cool. Her, but what, the, ones what... that they did, the ones they filmed last night are going to air next uh Tuesday and Wednesday, I think, or okay. Wednesday and Thursday. And then when's the actual final show, Friday? Yes. Will it be just her, or will Ed McMahon be in the chair next to him? Uh, not sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the, now the people that are trying to get tickets to this stuff, Coach, I don't think I've ever heard anything in my life as hysterical as if people have been mm-hmm. to try to get tickets to these last Oprah shows. Okay. Most of the Honestly, tickets like, free, by the way. Oh, I'll do anything for Super Bowl tickets, you know, all that these women, they're like, she's going to give away a million dollars. She's going to give away one of her adopted kids. I mean, the stuff that they think this woman's going to give away. I mean, really. Have you, has there been a You know a lot more middle-aged white women than I do, Coach. <laughs> Thank I you, mean, I think. Has, has the buzz been as big around those women as they've been to the ones that I've met? I think the, the general water cooler conversation, uh, no. The buzz hasn't been as big as, as you would think. And you, well, you know a lot more than me. Yes. So I, I really... The ones that I know, they they're, all they're talking about is we got to figure a way to get into one of those shows. Not, and like, cause they yeah. think she's going to give away like the, the Harpo Networks or something. I must be hanging around the wrong middle-aged white i got to find the new clientele of middle-aged white women because the one I'm hanging around with, not all that into Oprah, quite frankly. Yeah, well, nobody is the voice of middle-aged white women like Oprah Winfrey is. Let's face it. Honestly, seriously, she's, she's the voice of middle-aged white women. Okay. I'll take your word for it. So I'll at, least, take you know, at least the yeah. smart ones. Well, you know. Kidding aside, kidding aside, we you know we we deal with the sports world here and all kinds of heroes and great stories and inspirational people in the sports world. All kidding aside, big dog, the story of Oprah Winfrey, the person that Oprah Winfrey is, is truly, and I think I could use the word without too much hyperbole, is, is phenomenal. I oh, mean, it's unbelievable. Yes. I, you know, I I give her a hard time every once in a while because you yeah. know I do make a little. Uh, I find. Oprah Winfrey, absolutely inspirational. Thank coach. You. you talk I, about somebody yeah. that has just been, well, okay, remember, like I was saying, I have stick to it in this. Well, she's relentless because mm-hmm. it, it, she just makes things happen. It, it's, she has her whole entire uh, career. And no matter what you say, guys, 
You watch an Oprah show, it's compelling. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Every time, like, Oprah has been on, like, you know, you, you date some girl, she puts Oprah on. Next thing they're like, why is she putting Oprah on? You know, 90 seconds later, Maya's like, really? Are you serious? It's, it's unbelievable how she does mm-hmm. that. Coach. Yeah, it's, for the most part, it's very genuine, too. Uh-huh. You know, very, very genuine. It's not, uh, you know, shilly. It's not uh, the Jerry Springerist type aspect. They get a lot of different topics that I think they've motivated, educated, inspired a lot of people over the years. And, uh, you know, she's got a great production department, no doubt about it. But there's no sidekick, Big Dog. It is her. It's Oprah Winfrey. And from where she came from, it truly is, all kidding aside, it truly is a great story. And I think for the most part, very, very genuine. Well, Coach, here, this is a sports show, and you continually – you know, Derek Rose is one MVP, and you're, you're complaining about the fact that he's bailing them out with some bad shooting nights every once in a yes. while. Well, uh, if there's if there's a way I'm going to rip on Oprah, somebody from the outside, she, you you say she's genuine, and I, I I do believe you there, but she has let way too many big time stars like grandstand on her show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean? She's like I think she's kowtowed to big stars. You could say she has. I really think she has. I don't know how many times. She asked nothing but fluff questions to big stars. Mm-hmm. So uh, other than that, I, uh, she was pretty genuine. Yeah. Okay. And a phenomenal, probably uh, one of too much exaggeration to call one of the great success stories in uh, United States history. Without question, I really, I do. But if you just think about the, like the complete story, she's the richest. She now she's not the richest woman in the world, but she's like in the top. Mm-hmm. of that, and I think she's the richest woman in the United States. Is that mm-hmm. correct, Coach? Yeah, possibly. Most famous, I would think. But I, right? Somebody that didn't get money given to them or inherited or, like, split a divorce, Oprah Winfrey has, like, earned the most money as a woman in the United States mm-hmm. of America. More so importantly, the- Big Dell, more importantly, that time slot is now open. And I don't know if the networks have filled it yet, but uh, I didn't give your didn't ask for your permission. I did send in tapes of our show. I'm throwing our hat in the ring to fill that spot. Just to let you know, I have been contacted, Coach. Really? Yeah. I'm almost uh, afraid to ask who, because you've been contacted many times, a couple times. You had to be treated in the hospital for it, but exactly who contacted you? U.S. Customs. They said uh, <laughs> any type of sending of any resume in will, reserve, will, 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 will result in a, a felony, especially if I send it across the state line. So if I, I was... do send it, I better send it in the state of Illinois, at least I'll put a slap on the wrist. So. You're <laughs> You're only allowed to send tapes now within the state of Illinois. Yes, yes. Any of your uh, any of your packages sent beyond the state borders, you could be uh, possibly brought in by the federal marshals. That's yeah. I know these guys. I'm on a first name basis with them too. Yeah. All right, David Olson, you were shaking your head. Are you? Because uh, I had high hopes that you know they're looking for something new, looking for something fresh. Your next big underdog story. I thought the coach and the big dog could be it, but you're telling me it's filled already. It's filled. Please oh, don't yeah. tell me Maury Povich. No, no, no. It's okay. gonna be a, it's gonna be a locally produced show, actually. Local? I think perfect for us. Yeah. Um, I can look up to Joel, see who's Joel in it. cannot cross it state lines, so we we need locally produced Joel because you're not allowed out of the state. Maybe it is us, Coach. Yeah, it could be. And we fit the description local. Wouldn't that be cool? Uh, especially not that we didn't know about it. I got nothing to do next week. You know, and they have to <laughs> they have to keep it such a surprise. Maybe David Olson knows and he's not telling us. But, you know, they said there's going to be, like, the ultimate guest that nobody knows about. Maybe. Maybe the final guest are the ones that are replace Oprah the next the next big thing. And, you know, maybe if they told us early, the word would get out. Maybe they're going to let us know at the last second. We might be part of the final Oprah show. Who knows? 
you know, we do better shows off the cuff. So these people yes. really know what they're doing. Coach. Interesting. If you think about the way they've gone about this, uh-huh. I'm impressed. I'm extremely impressed. Let the rumors be. <laughs> You're impressed by their secrecy, huh? Yeah. Are you, yeah. you going to be impressed by the secrecy when we don't hear about it next week when the new show begins? Uh, coach, you got to be positive about this. Come yeah. on. It all adds up to nothing but uh, yeah. Tremendous secrecy. We won't find out about it. We won't know about it. And the show's been on for two years. (laughs) All right. Well, we can, just in case, in case we don't get the Oprah gig, Big Dog, we better continue on in our uh, one-hour nondescript sports show with with your permission, of course. Uh, You have my permission, Coach. Thank you very much. All right. Now that we've covered Oprah and the end of the world, not necessarily in that, actually in that order. In that order, let's get to the third big story of the day, Big Dog. 7.30 today at the United Center. TN of a T bringing it to you. Uh, game two, Bulls and the Heat. You can erase what happened in game one. Start over again. Game two, can the Bulls repeat, or do you think the Heat um, maybe pull one out tonight? You know what? I, I would certainly expect better effort all around from the Heat for for two reasons. First and foremost, they're competitors, okay, and they had to watch the film and realize that the, the, the Bulls seem to be the one doing every single hustle play on the court. And number two, they got to have some type of pride, right, and, and realize that they've been called soft by the world about how they played. So I would expect a much, much better Heat team in terms of energy. Mm-hmm. In terms of execution, you know, we'll have to see because I, I, I'm sure everything that the Bulls did in Game 1 will be a little bit tweaked and a little bit different in Game 2 just to uh, uh, throw a little curveball for uh, for Spolestra of, uh, of Miami. Because, you know, he's got a lot of things to work on and, and think about. And now if he has more adjustments to work on, when he, the first thing he has to worry about is his team's psyche. Uh, it, it's a big game here today, Coach, because I really believe the Bulls are going to be able to get at least one in Miami. Mm-hmm. So and I, I know you hate the must-win, must-win. This is this real, real important game for the Miami Heat right here, Coach. If the Bulls get this, they got to feel, feel real, real, real powerful going down to Miami. Even though they have only held serve, they still got to feel real good about it. Mm-hmm. No question about it. Big dog Joe Redwanski, our NBA basketball expert in lieu of an actual paid expert. Here are the two guys at a mic show. Big dog, your first thing you said was the energy level of the Miami Heat. I think it's important. I think you'll agree with me. It's important to note that the Miami Heat did not come out flat. For game no, one, they no, came out no. ready to play. They came out energized. Credit the Chicago Bulls, who played with even mm-hmm. more energy, and they basically threw the Bulls extreme energy. They kind of toned down the heat, but the heat, they were ready to go at the start of the game. It was the Bulls that knocked down their energy level. Yeah, I'll agree totally with you. We talked yesterday about how the first four possessions of the game, two for each team, were two turnovers by the Bulls and two dunks by the Heat. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, the, the, the Heat came out ready to play, but, you know, it's 48 minutes, Coach. It's it's an up-and-down, uh, you know, NBA game. And and I think the reason why I think the Bulls are going to be so good no matter what happens in the series, whether they lose this game or it's 2-2 coming back in game five or whatever it ends up being, is the Bulls have done a great job all year of overcoming runs and games and and being able to, you know, weather the storm. Mm-hmm. If they do lose game two, like a crushing loss on a, you know, like a great shot by LeBron James, you know, it's an up and down series. It's not going to be easy. So I expect this to be a really, really tough game. 
uh, with the, but the Bulls pulling it out, Coach. I, I feel like a 95-90 game right here with the Bulls winning. All right, I hope so. I hope so. I hope you are correct, Big Dog. That'd be a nice little uh, scenario. See the Bulls pull one out in a close game. You got some NBA thoughts, Bulls thoughts you want to check in. We'll get to baseball in just a little bit. And the two guys at a mic show. Uh, phone number here, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. Big Dog, let's go out to the phone line, checking in on line number 42, it's one of our good friends from Chicago, blue collar guy, every gay guy. He's Chicago's very own Lunt Evidalou. Check it out, Lou. How you doing, my friends? Did you call me an every gay guy? I, 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 he, he did. That is exactly what he called uh, you. You know Lord what? I, I like what I, Chicago's very own Lunt Evidalou. You are the essence of what Chicago's all about, Lou. Thank you. Not that there's anything wrong with that, my friend. Not at all. How you doing? Very good, Lou. It's been a long time. Where have you been, man? You're not watching the Oprah show while our show's on, are you? Well, no, I, you, quite frankly, I think Oprah's the devil. I think you take her, Stop you know, it. that Rachel Ray, you know, they basically tell women what to do and they no, follow blindly. No. You Come can't on. trust them women. Are you serious about that, Lou? Absolutely. Oh, I really? can't stand that woman. I got I to gotta tell you something. I, I can understand what you're coming, the power of Oprah. I can understand about the power of Oprah. But the whole Rachel Ray thing, if you find out a little bit about her, that girl's freaky deaky. That was a girl you should have married, Lun Avenue Lou. Who? Oh my goodness. Help me out. Who is, who and or what is a Rachel Ray? She's Rachel Ray is a small Italian girl who wound up, she, she had a hard life. She worked her way up. I, here's how sad it is. I actually know her life story. That's why I think she's a devil. How do I know this much about a woman I didn't marry? So anyway, what? apparently she worked her way up from working in like a department store to eventually working like on these TV shows to doing, like, you know, these 30-minute meals to whatever on the Food Network, and now she's got her own show on GN right after uh, uh, Regis, you yeah. know, in the morning. And basically, she's another one. You'd tell women to cook this, and they cook this. Yeah, you know, yeah but, but Lone Avenue. like a blind no, following. No, 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 you're, you're out of your mind, Lone Avenue. The <laughs> idea of having Rachel Ray in the kitchen. I mean, and not only does she cook for you, and she loves the desserts, Coach, the stuff I heard about her, I was right about Schwarzenegger, wasn't I? Yes. Immediately, you said Schwarzenegger got a divorce. I'm like, oh, he, the, the cheating finally caught up to him. Let's just say he, you're, you don't have to cheat if you're married to Rachel Ray. She will then make sure she's her second husband for the love of God. The house. Then why is she on her second husband? I'm, not, I'm just saying. I'm not saying. Well, I'm the, just saying. The, fir- the first husband, the first husband was stupid enough and got involved with some type of dominatrix or something like that on Avenue Lou. <laughs> I know, I know the Rachel Ray story, and I'm not kidding about that, Coach. I'm not. David Olson, we had uh, David scripts out our entire show. We had breakdown of the Heat and Bulls, and all of a sudden we're talking about Rachel Ray, a hot spatula, and some dominatrix. I don't know. All I'm saying about Rachel Ray's dish. Every time I turn on the TV, now given I can't watch TV all day long. I got a job. That's why I haven't called in in a while, and I appreciate it. But listen, I've been listening. Quite frankly, Coach, I've been watching. You look good on TV. You look good on camera. Sorry about that. But anyway, with Rachel Ray, I watch maybe once every month, month and a half. I catch like 10 minutes of the show. And I swear to God, it's a different woman every time. She puts on 15, she takes off 12, she puts on 34, she takes off <laughs> No, no, this is Listen, true. All I'm looking for in my women is a little consistency. <laughs> no, 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 no. I like it because if you're the husband, you look down, you really don't know what you're getting that day. It's a variety is always good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you depends what you like. Quite frankly, you know, you get the balloon version. You're like, hey, uh, that's great. Why don't you go to the kitchen? <laughs> Are you kidding me? She so looks good. You want to keep her in the bedroom. It's all confusing. Listen, I am a man who doesn't like change. That's why Love I can't deal with her. She looks just as good when she looks meth addict as she does uh, uh, chocolate bonbon. Okay. Oh, I'm just confused. Listen, I just called in the duck bulls. I don't even know how the hell we got on this conversation, my friend. <laughs> I have no idea. Schwarzenegger's love child has created 
you know, a, 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 like a whole storm everywhere. Well, she don't even get me started on that Schwarzenegger. Hey. That, that's just something that I can't even grasp. My, put my arms around. I mean, you know, in his younger days, maybe. But have you seen his man boobs now? I can't even believe an aide was in for that kind of thing. You know, the, the man was once a physical specimen, so much so that, quite frankly, I found him attractive. And let me tell you this. I don't usually, I am not that way. You know what I'm saying? But I, uh, I haven't that, seen you know, his pecs. In a while, because his jowls get in the way. <laughs> well, that's just it. It's like some things are tight, some things are not. It's all confusing to me, uh, quite big, frankly. Big Dog, if the rumor does come true and we get the gig when Oprah resigns and we're the surprise felons, I, I'm telling you right now, we bring Lon Avenue Lou with us. He's he's going to be sitting in a chair doing the show with us. Uh, that, that sounds like a good idea, Joe. Yes. He'll be that our... sounds good, my friend. All I'm looking for is one minute with Lou. That's what I'm saying. We pay very well, and you might get a five-minute <laughs> conversation with Rachel Ray. One minute on Lund Street. That'll be the name of my segment if you can give it to me. That's all I'm asking for. I'll Done. rant and rave for one minute and go back to the job. Done. So beautiful, my friend. Hey, listen up. In regards to this, I hear a lot of people talking, okay, what if we sweep this? What if we don't do this? What if we... Listen, hey, here's what I'm thinking with the Bulls. They're a fantastic team. They've been, you know what? They're great defensively. I don't, I'm not a big basketball guy, but I can tell you this. I have never in all my years watched basketball and seen that kind of defense before. It's actually brought some... I'm a defensive guy. I like football because of defense. I like hockey because of defense. Watching them swarm the other night, I was more impressed with that than I had seen anything in a long time. So even if they do lose tonight, which a lot of people I think will freak out completely and jump off cliffs. Yeah, yeah those people need to relax. Relax. That's what win I'm saying. Take, so, take a laxative. Have a nice warm cocoa. Do whatever you need to relax <laughs> yourself completely. And when it's all said and done, I think the Bulls will pull this out in maybe five or six. Yeah. I agree I, I with you. I totally agree. I don't feel any more confident today than I did uh, before game one for some reason, Lou. I, I, I don't know. I just have felt confident the whole time. Well, I was actually confident in game one because I've seen them play during the course of the regular season. You know, there are teams that just don't match up well. Coach, I mean, I watched them play against Atlanta, and I was confused as to why Atlanta gave them such a hard time. And then I realized that halfway through it's because Atlanta actually passes it around. Sure, they got a lot of schmucks, well. but they can't do anything with it. But they move the ball around. You go yeah. one-on-one against the Bulls, mm-hmm. you're going to get smothered. But, but that when they move the ball around Atlanta, and it's similar to the Bulls too. When the Bulls get Derrick Rose dribble happy, their offense is very, uh, very pedestrian as well. The Atlanta Hawks at times move the ball beautifully. When they did, it was it was such a simple concept. When they did, they were successful. Uh, Lou, if you remember back to the fourth quarter of Game Six when the, when the series was on the line, they went back to one on one play. When you know the first three quarters, it was pretty even, and it was the, it was their downfall. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. You know what? It's like Hoosiers. Five people touch the ball, then you can shoot. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> okay, that's a little much. Okay, maybe not. But I'm just saying, okay. I, I can't wait. I'm excited about the night. You know, I'll be on one street on the couch, sitting there in front of the television with a plate of nachos, just going bull. Let's go bull. Drink. I would love it. One day we'd be breaking down nickel defense. The next day it's the way to make a proper beer brat. It could be anything. You never know what you'd be going to get on Lund Avenue. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever. We wound up spending a whole ten minutes on Rachel Ray for the love of God. Hey, listen, guys. It's been great listening. And just so you know, I'm still out there. I listen every day. I, I love your show. I can't wait to see you on TV. Joe, when are you going to be on? I always see the coach by himself. Uh, hopefully soon. I'm actually stuck on my plane. I'm in, I'm in an airport. I've been in an airport for the last four years. I'll go to a different airline for the love of God. Yeah, I know. I can't afford another airline. So eventually I'll get back in studio when I get out of this airport. Well, either way, keep it up, guys. You're doing a great job. Beautiful. Thank you, Lou.
Love having a Lou checking in. You can too. Lou dialed up at 888-463-6748. I call him Chicago's very own. He's not famous, big dog, but just talking to Lon Evan and Lou without ever meeting him. And I'm not sure I want to meet him because, uh, he sounds a little frisky, but he is the essence. He is the essence of what Chicago was all about. You know, I was riding a bike through the neighborhood one time and one time I, uh, you know, I, I I'm just, Crossing London Avenue, all of a sudden this little kid stopped me. You know, yep. he's in a little like plastic football helmet and a wiffle ball bat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Where are you going?" I'm like, "I'm, I'm just riding my bike." And he's like, "You got to pay the the loo tax." And I'm like, "What are you talking?" I had to give the kid a quarter. Find out. I looked down the street. I'm passing over Lund Avenue. I see Lou collecting money from a kid at a at a lemonade stand. I mean, he's got a racket going on Lund Avenue, coach. <laughs> He said he's got to work, he's too busy. I mean, we was up and down collecting taxes yeah. on Lund Avenue. There, there's a lot of stories there, I can guarantee you. Some that probably can't be repeated on the radio. Under the category of do you know, Big Dog, and I hope Lund Avenue Lou is listening, do you know that Lund Avenue became a very, very famous restaurant in uh, Arizona in Phoenix, right adjacent to Arizona State University, a Chicago someone I happen to know, by the way, uh, who grew up on Lunt Avenue with a couple of his buddies, and they used to have, as kids, what they called the Lunt Avenue Marble Club. I guess they played marbles out on the street. Well, he became a pretty successful business guy, restaurateur in Phoenix, uh, and opened up what at the time was the hottest restaurant in Phoenix, and they called it the Lunt Avenue Marble Club. So Lunt Avenue in Chicago, a fairly nondescript street, actually uh, has a little fame behind it, particularly in Arizona. That's not Jerry Colangelo's place, is it? It is not. This guy's okay, not, he's... not quite as famous as Jerry Colangelo, but yeah, the Lawn Avenue, I think it has since closed. But uh, the Lawn Avenue Marble Club was very, very popular. Never opened in Chicago. Just out in Phoenix. Thank you very much. You know, after after the one of the more famous jokes about Chicago started, mm-hmm. that's when everybody came aware of Lawn Avenue, I think. Yeah, well, you know. Especially it's... people in the suburbs. Oh, there's a street called Lunt? Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I love that joke, by the way. Uh, okay. Don't don't go into poetry, please. No no limericks from a Joe Rodwanski. I don't care what our restrictions are here on this show. All right, so uh, Lon Avenue Lou and the Big Dog both feeling pretty good. I don't feel as well if uh, someone had a stake to me right now and I had to make a prediction. I would say the Miami Heat will even out the series, but I hope you guys are right, and I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. Uh, 888-463-6748, any fans out there. But, Big Dog, you're picking the Bulls, but uh, you are predicting the Miami Heat will give a much better effort today. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would have to say so. I don't, I can't imagine, well, I can't imagine it because the the Bulls seem to have an answer for everything Miami was doing offense, mm-hmm. offensively. But I, I would be a little surprised if, um, if the Bulls blew them out again. I, I, I could just imagine, I mean, there's so much talent on the Heat, and they do have players that, like Mike Miller and, and 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 James Jones that could, you know hit some shots from the outside. So maybe if like their uh, Joel Anthony's and these other guys can mm-hmm. at least get some offensive rebounds and and maybe stop the Bulls from pounding them on the offensive boards, this there could be a uh, mm-hmm. situation. And the, the Heat have to make the Bulls turn the ball over. If the Bulls have one turnover in the second half of this game, it will be another twenty point victory. Yeah, I, I hate to remind you. I hate to remind you, but I think all Chicago Bull fans need to uh, just take a step back, take a deep breath, and realize you look no further than the Atlanta Hawks series or the Indiana Pacers series. How much, Big Dog, one playoff game can differ from another? How can one team look so good? Maybe even on the other team's form, dominate one game, and then the next game the other team 
wins. We saw it in the Indiana series. We saw the Atlanta Hawks completely obliterate the Bulls at least, uh, you know, for one game, maybe close to two games, and at least one or two of the other four games. You know, the Bulls did the same thing to the Atlanta Hawks, the Memphis Grizzlies in game six. The, the Hawks right? didn't obliterate the Bulls twice, coach. They, they had, they had a one pretty big convincing okay. But the, no, I, I, coach, but this isn't changing. Over, well, I, I was picking the Bulls. I felt how comfortable was I before the game? Before the first game, I was extremely comfortable. I with understand the Bulls. I that, but, but my point is, we're all remembering Game One. Oh, the Heat are going to try to make some adjustments. I'm, we'll I'm, see. You know, it, things can change in a hurry from one game to another. We've seen it. the Memphis Grizzlies in Game Six absolutely wipe out Oklahoma City. Yeah, wipe them know, out. But, well, yeah, the the, the Memphis Oklahoma uh, City thing had a little bit to do with like one team coming right out of a series and another team resting up a little bit. That that wasn't a surprise to me that it would. And every game of that series was back and forth. Every game was back and forth after game one. Yeah, back and so, forth. But there were games dominated by one team. So how can one game differ so much? No, no, so no, what no, I'm saying is the Heat game was close. Two through seven was a close game, coach. Not six. Not game six. Memphis blew them out. They did? Oh, okay. Yeah. I I just think we, we forget how things can differ. One game was a great win, but things can change in a hurry from game yeah. to game. Well, see, the thing is that the, the, the problems with the Bulls matchups over the, the Heat is it's so decisive. I mean, Miami's really going to – like LeBron James and Dwayne Wade are going to have to take over, Coach. It, and normally, I mean, they got to do it like in the team concept, but – they really are going to have to dominate because I think the rest of those guys are so overmatched by the Bulls. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's so dramatic, Coach, that I think in the other series you are exactly right. There was give and take, and but sometimes there's there's certain matchups. Like if if you're a team that is, you know, that is a very very poor passing team, and you're playing in the in the NFL and you're trying to win in the in the playoffs, and you go up uh, against a, a team. That is the best run defense in the freaking league. You're not going to beat that team because we'll be able to run on them, and now and you can't pass. So it's like with, when the Heat, yeah, they can overmatch you because they have two and a half superstars. But what happens when you and another team can just downpour on you a deluge of depth at every single position, play after play after play? The Miami can't handle a coach. That, that, that's that's really that's what I'm saying. Miami's going to have to play a great game just to even play close to the Chicago Bulls. Okay, it's not one game. That's the course of the season. People, people tend to forget the Bulls had a better record than the Bulls had won one close game against them and then blew them out twice. Sixty-two this wins a, in the regular season. Yeah. No question a, about it. Beat Miami three zero straight. Now they're up four straight against Miami, but I still think the Heat will uh, have an answer tonight. But we'll see. We will see. Big dog. The other matchup going on tonight, or not tonight, but last night, or the other championship matchup out in the Western Conference. Dallas Mavericks win game one uh, solidly, not convincingly, but at least solidly over Oklahoma City. Uh, Dirk Nowitzki, 48 points. Jason Terry just raining three-pointers. The Mavericks, mm-hmm. my friend, look like, and I said it yesterday, they look like a team on a mission without sounding too cliche. Your your story out the box isn't about Dirk Nowitzki, Coach? I just you said were... Dirk Nowitzki scored 48 points. Well, do you know how many on how many shots? Yeah, well, not many. Most of it was the free throw line. On 18, he scored 48 points on 18 field goal attempts. That's if you if you if you score 1.5 points for every field goal attempt. Because uh-huh. let's, let's face it, it's about efficiency, coach. Well, that's what it's about. To be this fair, guy, well, he was no, wide open every time. Good point. When you shoot, big dog, and you're fouled, 
Well, and I have a rule question, by the way. I got in a big, big argument as an umpire yesterday. Don't me forget when we get to baseball. But uh, when you shoot and you're foul, when you shoot and miss and you're foul, that does not count as a field goal attempt, right? No, it does not. No, okay. it doesn't. So, so it, he it shot more count. than he shot more than eighteen times. But, but coach, you're not getting the point. It's the efficiency of your play. Yes. So with that, with you having the ball, you've now created a foul for the other team, and you have a chance to rack up points. A field goal attempt is, you know, is worth so much, and then like a missed one, it, it should be correlated in. So if you, the only thing that you, you're missing about the whole equation is what you have to figure out. Is I know you're not like the math guy. Is the fact that sometimes you get fouled and you miss both free throws and you got no points, and now you've hurt your teams. But that's the only part of the equation that is not factored in. Mm-hmm. Okay, and 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 the points for a field goal attempt equation. But that, but the point is, 18 shots. If you score 35 points, you would have had a game of the ages. He scored 48. It's one of the greatest games in the history of the NBA. Uh, 24. 24 for 24. Perfect, right, from the free throw line? It's the most free wow. throws uh, made 100%, like without a miss, in the history of the NBA playoffs. Wow. So, like, Pretty good. Right when, yeah, right when you start breaking playoff records, and it's the, it's the fewest amount of shots ever in the history of the NBA playoffs. To score 48 points. No one's ever had 18 shots and scored that many points. Is it, can we? When, when Jordan used to get 55 and stuff, you know, he, he was taking 28 shots, 32 shots to get to 55 points. Mm-hmm. So that's, Do you think so it's fair to say right now, Big Dog, and I'm trying to, uh, with all apologies to Detlef Shrimp and his family, uh, is Dirk Nowitzki the best European player to ever play, uh, to ever play, period? Okay, and, and no offense to Detlef Shrimp, who's to say he's the. Detlef Shrimp is number one. And, yes, Dirk Nowitzki is better than Detlef Shrimp. Yeah. Dirk Nowitzki has led his team to the NBA Finals. Detlef Shrimp was a piece that got to the NBA Finals one time, and Dirk Nowitzki was an NBA MVP. Yeah. Okay, so, yes, he, he's definitely better than Shrimp. Now, is he better than Drazen Petrovic? you got to think, like, like Petrovic was mm-hmm. – I mean, he probably was the best before he died in the car accident. Yeah, still Arvidas, put- Arvidas Sabonis. No, no, Dirk Nowitzki's better. Yeah. Vlade, Vlade Divac, you still got to go Dirk Nowitzki. Peja Stojakovic, you still got to go Dirk Mano Ginobili, I think. Well, Mano Ginobili's Argentine. Okay, let's call it the best foreign player ever to play in the NBA. I think it's Dirk. Okay, then it's Hakeem Olajuwon. Ah, well, that, okay. well so, now wait a minute. Is Hakeem well, count? If, if, you, if you say Hakeem because he went to Houston, then you got to take Detlef Shrimp off the list because he went to Washington. Now, why do I not put Akeem Olajuwon in the same category? Maybe, maybe I should. Now he would be one that would make me do a double take on it. He, he he's the only guy we have mentioned so far that could challenge Dirk Nowitzki. But um, would that challenge Dirk Nowitzki? Yeah, coach, not challenge. If you had an option in a draft, would you rather have Akeem Olajuwon or Dirk no, Nowitzki? I know. I think it's, I think it's a close battle. Are you implying that Akeem clearly better than Dirk Nowitzki? I, I, not. No, I'm not implying. I am stating it as a fact. I loved Akeem Olajuwon. Forget, Phenomenal. forget the numbers. Forget the numbers. Yeah. Which I'm sure Akeem Olajuwon has much better numbers than Dirk Nowitzki. No, I'm not so sure. Akeem Olajuwon has been Defensive Player of the Year in the NBA, Coach. Mm-hmm. Two championships where he put a team on his back. Oh, Jordan's not around? We're winning this thing. Okay? It, I, come on. That, 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 Dirk Nowitzki is a better shooter. And then mm-hmm. after that, Akeem Olajuwon is better in every single category. Mm-hmm. Pastor, defender. Low post score, low post defender, shot blocker, re- rebounder. I mean, uh, Akeem Olajuwon has 
averaged 13 rebounds a game for his NBA career. All that said and done, if you talk about who's been a greater NBA player, I think it's a, it's a close battle. I think it's a close two, battle. Two NBA championships, zero. Well, maybe two. zero. Could could be one in the not too distant future. The way they're playing. Yes, uh, right. it's going to be a good battle. I cannot wait for the finals, Coach. Everyone's going to just assume the Bulls are going to win, and that's the one that no, scares Nobody's me. assuming the Bulls are going to win. It was one game. But, but don't, let us not forget, before the game three days ago, the Miami Heat were the favorite in the series. So we yeah, won look, one I game. I couldn't believe it. Huh? I couldn't believe it. Well, it was but, a 3-1. I mean, again, the Las Vegas people aren't dumb. You know, we, we've discovered that over the years that the odds that they set – I'm not saying the Bulls can't win no, it, but no, no, let's not get have, carried the away. I have no idea. The odds have nothing to do with what's going to happen. The odds have 100% to do with what stupid people put their money on, Coach. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, all you, we're, you're starting to sound like the Bulls are the prohibitive favorite. And, well, you know, we got to get rid of the heat, but let's start looking at the Dallas Maverick. Take it easy. One game, as great as it was, as great as it was, it was one game, and I still think the Miami Heat could easily uh, knock off. I'm not hoping for it, but I think they could still beat the Chicago Bulls. Well, I mean, we're getting too swept away. That's all I, I'm, I have not, I'm I'm focused on game two, Coach. Okay. You're, you're, you're hearing other stuff than what I'm saying. Three? No, I'm not. I hear what you're saying. Three quick stories before we get to baseball, uh, Big Dog. And remember, be brief, no matter how long it takes. Uh, one, Sammy Wanjiro, one of the great marathon runners from Kenya, Um uh, well, we don't know how he died. He did die at the age of 24. Could have been suicide. Could have been an accident. Terrible tragedy. I don't know if you heard about this story, but it's worth uh, mentioning. The guy was a great athlete, but fame and money affected his life. Like, like how? Like what? Did he get? Did he get stupid? Did he get into drugs? Alcohol? Um. Pills. Mar- I know marital problems and. Uh, you know, I'm not sure of the exact details, but there were, it was the last couple of years for Sammy Wanjiro were slightly troubled, let's just say. Yeah, the, the, the marital problems for rich people mean two things, either domestic violence or cheating. Well, both, actually, in the case of Sammy Wanjiro. Uh, allegations, allegedly. Allegedly. But, yeah, I don't allegedly. think drugs, but both of those that you stated were part of the equation. Okay. And apparently the wife caught him at home with another female, locked the bedroom door mm-hmm. and called the police. And it's that same bedroom that he fell out of the balcony and died. So there's a lot of ways that story could have gone. Trying to escape, suicide, wow. wife pushed him, girlfriend pushed him off. Bottom line is, age 24, much too young, and he was a phenomenal Kenyan marathon runner. If he was a Kenyan marathon runner, he's obviously phenomenal, Okay. That's like, you know, talking about like a, a lineman coming out of Wisconsin. I mean, you know, the guy's going to be tough. Well, uh, I guess he should have stuck to the long distance. The high jumping wasn't good for him. No, no. All right, moving along before you make any more bad taste. Uh, Ken, we got a lot of listeners in Kenya, so please be careful what you say here uh, via the Internet. Don't forget, we're plugging out on the Internet here, www.talkzone.com. Big dog, I have to remind you on occasion, I haven't done this for a while, your voice. Your comments, your thoughts, your philosophies, your bad jokes being heard in seven different continents and parts of Memphis as well. Uh, well, hopefully the people in Memphis, wow, the stuff they've yes. been going through recently. Wow is right. Yeah, that's uh, that, that's some serious yes. stuff. Yes. You know, when you, when you build a house on something that gets flooded every 130 that's... years, that's probably something that you might want to look into. Well, you are so right. We haven't talked about that. Not just Memphis now. It's it's heading all the way down south to Mississippi and Louisiana. The flooding, it's the worst. I can In my life, it's the worst I can ever remember as widespread yeah, as it I is. Guess, 
there's like there's some weird thing it happens like every 140 years there's like this major flood on the Mississippi mm-hmm. and it actually changes the actual river. The river is going to like the, the, there's talk that they might have to change the actual river on the map because that's how drastic the flooding is right now, coach. Now just just to get it straight cuz you're a long-time global warming enthusiast. <laughs> I know you hate when I say that. No, no, I love it. No, I like it. I'm a big fan of it. (laughs) Long-time global warming guy. These floods are not connected to global warming and the melting of the dreaded glaciers. Or are they? Well, they they obviously could be, Coach, because I I know people are, like, freaking out. being like, how could it be global warming? It's it's May 18th or whatever the day is, and it's it's 33 degrees out because it's been pretty cold this spring. The truth of the matter is uh, the polar caps continue to get warmer and warmer and warmer. There's been a, as much melt this particular winter as there's ever been in the history uh, of uh, recorded uh, mankind. But the specific so, floods that are that are, have been such horror of late, so those could be connected? I, well, I, I can't speak to that specifically, Coach, okay. but you have to admit the more water you put into an area, mm-hmm. but... Uh, some of the some check this out. So the Arctic area, well, it's not exactly Arctic, but there are glaciers in uh, northern of the United States and 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 southern and central parts of Canada. Yep. A lot of that water goes into uh, the Great Lakes. Okay. And the, you know you got Lake Superior up there. If that starts getting a little bit more, and all of a sudden Mississippi River has a lot more water coming down it, and mm-hmm. and obviously if there's more water coming down the Mississippi, maybe more ends up where it turns left and right around Memphis. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of like what happens, Coach. Okay. Okay. And, you so. know, there's, there's a small part of Illinois that, that is in trouble. But what, what people, if you know western Illinois, anybody out there that's been across the Mississippi River, Illinois is 50 feet to 150 feet higher than Iowa and Missouri. So normally when you hear of anything that gets flooded in Illinois, it's only like 200 to uh, 500 yards, because that's basically all it is. It's really strange, and you can kind of tell if you're, if you're smart enough, you got to realize that if you stand on Illinois and you're looking down on the other two states, mm-hmm. which we do, by the way, do you look down on Iowa, Coach? Yes. Do you look down on Missouri? Yes. See, there you go. That's the, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm on board. The, the river has to swell and get bigger. Do, do you know what I mean? Why would you be on this gigantic cliff on one side, but the river's still like a hundred yards away from you. Obviously, it gets bigger and smaller. So when you build along a river, you're just basically asking, this house is eventually going to be washed away one day. So it's, it's kind of hard to, I'm going to say I don't feel bad for these people, but mm-hmm. uh, it, don't you build expecting that this house is going to be gone, this business is eventually going to be gone because this is one of the biggest rivers in the world that changes directions and, Some and, of us. and, and floods continually. We heard those same comments and thoughts, uh, you know, in the flooding disaster of New Orleans, too. Well, when you live in a city that's that far below sea level, you almost have to expect some kind of disaster at some point. Maybe you're right, but it doesn't decrease the uh, the fears and, the you know, the terrible times that they're going through and how bad that we feel for them. But, um Coach, I'm already talking about rebuilding is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Don't you got to kind of do it right when you reconstruct? You have to always be right on the riverbank. I mean, I understand businesses that transport stuff, but that, that, that type of stuff I don't get when you talk about uh, engineering. where People are so 
stoked about prime real estate on the water that they're willing to build unbelievable stuff that is eventually going to be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Don't know what the timetable is. How about on the, uh, on the East Coast, the Carolinas or in Florida, you build up these beautiful houses right next to the ocean, and then they're destroyed by a hurricane. The temptation to build, it's so beautiful there, but you almost yeah. have to expect at some point, once every four or five years, the hurricane will do uh, severe damage to the house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you gotta you got to build... Yeah, you know, if you build a uh, a hurricane secure house, then you can you can build ones that can withstand hurricanes, even unbelievable ones. I mean, unless of course something hits it, then there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. But as soon as that happens, then uh, the ocean swells that you get like once every like ten years, just destroy your stuff. Excellent, excellent <laughs> expertise. By the way, for being our guest today and providing that global warming expertise, we do have uh, some nice lakefront property down in Cairo, Illinois that we're going to donate to you and yours, Big Dog, and just keep your hands off mine. Uh, Cairo is a little bit more beautiful than you might think, Coach. It is? Southernmost yeah. point in Illinois? Yes, it's not It's not that bad. And, that is, and, and by the way, that would be Ohio River and mm-hmm. Mississippi River Convergence right yeah. there. Beautiful. It's the thorough way to uh, Memphis, I believe, Cairo, Illinois. It's not far, Coach. Believe yes. it or not. Yeah, that's, uh, that would probably, because you only have that little bit of Kentucky and then uh, Memphis to go through. That can't yep. be more than 100 miles. I bet you it's less than two-hour drive. Outside of doing the first radio show with you, Big Dog, actually the second, because the first I didn't know you after doing a show with you. Outside of the second radio show with you, the scariest moment in my life was driving down as a, uh, what was I, about 22-year-old kid by myself headed out to California, was making a little offshoot down in Cairo, Illinois, working on that little winding highway. To I think it's 57 to get to uh, through Memphis mm-hmm. on to the next destination, getting lost in Memphis in a part of town that I didn't want to be. It was, uh, as the old saying goes, it was not where you want to be. But, Is that oh, how the saying goes, Coach? Yeah, something like that. Not- did, did it remind you, have you seen the uh, vacation? Yes, classic. Chevy Chase, when yes. they got stuck in East St. Louis, not too far from where you yeah. would have been at, just yeah. so about an hour and a half north of where you would have been. Some direct similarities, yes. So in other words, that'd be about three hours north, actually. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, real quick, can we move on? I would be more than happy. Thank you very on. much. One other quick note, just as they prelude to the weekend. I know David Olson is very excited about this. Let me remind everybody the Preakness Second round of the Triple Crown coming up this weekend in um, Animal Kingdom. We'll be going for the second version of the Triple Crown. His biggest competitor, Nehru, has pulled out, Big Dog, over exercise. He's raced too much, so Nehru, the big closer, is out of the Preakness. Uh, he, he actually could have ran some more, but they figured if he ran anymore, he couldn't stud. So they would rather have uh, a horse that's um out of gas, mm-hmm. per se, than out of vigor, if you know what I mean. So. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But the problem is if you have too much gas, it doesn't matter how much vigor you have, none of the other female horses will want to go stable with you. Uh, you'd be surprised, Coach. Uh-huh. That's a big thing down there from the from them equine. <laughs> All right. Just wanted to get that note out. Oh, and the other uh, final quick note was the NBA draft lottery. Arguably the most exciting 20 minutes in all the sport NBA draft lottery held last night. The Cleveland Cavaliers, big dog, win the big prize. They, we don't know who it's going to be. There's no obvious number one, but they get the number one draft in the NBA lottery. Yeah, not everybody, but like uh, Kyrie Irving, he played five games at Duke. How could you really know he's number one? (laughs) You know what I mean? The guy was hurt his whole it's, I just crack up. It's about the old, it's, it's the love of the unknown. The other guys we've seen play more. There's this mystery about Kyrie Irving. 
So he could possibly be a, a number one overall pick. Believe it or not, he's not real big either. What is he about six foot? Maybe. That sounds about right, Coach. Yeah. I would, yeah, because he and he looks. He, you know what? He's probably six one, six two. Just because you know how like small people look when they're on a basketball court if they're yep. only six one. So that, hopefully that's a little bit that has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. He's explosive. He, he's got a nice shot. I mean, just the fact of risk, the number one overall pick on that guy. But then again, who's it going to be? Derek Williams? You know, that, that wouldn't be bad. I bet you he'll be a Ooh. solid NBA player. You know, I, at worst, that's what I mean, at worst. I'm not knocking the kid that he's going to be solid, and that's all. But at worst, I think he could be, you know, 16 points, 10 rebounds. I wonder how much the Cavaliers will be thinking back to the Bulls' decision. There's some similarities. Derek Williams, Michael Beasley, and Kyrie Irving, Derek Rose. How much will that play into their decision? The Bulls, a little bit controversial when you took a point guard. You know, not a 6'3", 6'4", but about a 6'1", 6'2", point guard. Well, Kyrie Irving's smaller than that, but it worked out for the Bulls. Maybe Cleveland will be thinking the same thing. In fact, I convinced myself, I guarantee you right now, Kyrie Irving will be their number one pick. Yeah, he's going to be the number one pick, Coach. I really do believe that. Yeah. I mean, I do believe he's going to be. That's what they're saying. But the point is, I just like, I'm just laughing about, like, he's going to be the number one pick, and we really don't even know what kind of basketball players. No, no, no matter what anybody says, mm-hmm. you really don't know. And he played how many games at Duke, Coach? Honestly, how many? Five? I, I really don't. I haven't seen it. I'm, I'm five yeah. is my actual guess. As a true freshman, he played uh, first maybe four to six games. He was phenomenal as a true freshman, uh-huh. stepping in with all the veterans, the Nolan Smiths and the uh, the Kyle Singlers and stuff. That's pretty impressive for a freshman to come in and lead them. Then he got injured, and he played what their final NCAA tournament game, maybe the was final that the two. Only game that he played, maybe the final two games at most I, two. I, I do remember this, because they played Arizona. They lost it. They got knocked out by Derek Williams, okay? Which is hilarious, because now they're, they're talking who's going to be one or two. I do remember him going off. And and then at that time being like, wow, maybe he is as good as everybody says he is. Mm-hmm. But obviously at that point, that was the only basketball game I've ever watched of him coach at all, and it was how you watch the NCAA tournament. You barely watch one game because it goes game to game to game. So I well, I'm sure, obviously, Cleveland is going to scout him, but if there's one year you want to win the NBA championship, if you still want to read, you have a young team, it's this year, because the 30th pick of the NBA could be just as good as the number one pick overall. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, this is, I don't know anybody in this draft that sticks out to me, and I'm just like, wow, i got to have them. Where in other drafts, there's usually like four or five guys in the draft from 1 to 30 that I'm thinking, wow, I would really love to have this guy. By the way, as we were both waxing poetic on Kyrie Irving uh, up on the ESPN screen that I'm looking at, Big Dog, they were showing the highlights of last year's season for uh, Arizona's very own Derek Williams, and all I can say is, wow. Oh, yeah, he's he's one of those guys, he's a ball magnet. He Woo. just seems to be where the ball's going to end up being. Mm-hmm. He got a couple slam dunks I was watching that were Tosh-worthy. I mean, he can, you know, and he had that great. And you got to, you got to make sure as an NBA team, you don't get too caught up in three or four games in the NCAA tournament. Derek Williams was good in the regular season. He was sensational in the tournament. Uh, who's the most famous example of a Derek Williams type player who was okay in the regular season, had a phenomenal tournament and got drafted way too high? Throw Miles Swift of LSU, 2000. Okay. Number I was I was overall. thinking Chicago Bulls' very own Tyrus Thomas. Another but. great example, because guess what? They both went to LSU. Yep. That, that wow, we're we're thinking right in the same line. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, well, you know, big, you know, but then again, every once in a while you get to Dwayne Wade. 
but Dwayne Wade was great the whole time at Marquette. And then all of a sudden, he went from a guy that was going to be in the middle of the first round to a guy that went up to being, obviously, he was picked fifth overall. But, you know, he shot up because of what he did in the tournament. But mm-hmm. that worked out, I'd have okay. to say. You okay. know, that one, that one was a good decision. Yeah, there, there's a couple other guys. Like Darren Williams, people weren't sure. Like, is it Williams or is it Luther Head? That's the the best pro prospect. And then during the tournament, people were like, "Whoa, Darren Williams is the real deal." You know, so every once in a while, there is a separation. But you're right, Coach. Yeah, you got to be careful. Just because the guy went on a, a nice couple day run, doesn't mean he's great. Bobby from Bolingbroke emailing in it, Mike. Two guys at AOL.com, MIC in the number two. Mike, two guys, AOL.com. Ask Joel, Cleveland apparently had not only as the first pick, but the fourth pick in the mm-hmm. draft. He says, ask Joel, do you think they'll package their first and fourth pick and maybe their next best player and send them to Miami Heat and bring back LeBron? That is an excellent idea. <laughs> and if they don't win, that's what Riley should do. Wouldn't that be hilarious? I'm sending the talent back to Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired of playing with Dwayne Wade. I'm bringing my talents back to Cleveland. Yeah, that'd be good. There you go. You heard it here first on the two guys at a mic show. Big dog very quickly in baseball yesterday. Thank goodness we don't got time to analyze the many, many painful moments of the Chicago Cup. But there was some sensational finishes yesterday in baseball, including the Atlanta Braves knocking off Houston 3-1 to with a one nothing game. Wandy Rodriguez pitches eight beautiful innings, goes into the ninth inning, one nothing lead for Houston. Brian McCann, home run to tie it up in the ninth. Are you kidding me? And then in the eleventh inning, Brian McCann. Oh, and by the way, Brian McCann, it was a pinch hit home run. In the eleventh inning, he hits a two run homer to win the game for the Braves. You think the Cub fans are feeling bad? Houston fans right now near suicidal. Yeah, well, uh, hopefully they don't kick the bucket, coach. Uh, honestly, I was watching the game at the time. Wow. What a moment. What a moment. Cause, uh, yeah, I was getting a bunch of stuff done yesterday and, and all my boys and, and friends are all leaving to Hawaii. You know, but I got, I got done doing a bunch of stuff. So I sat down. I'm going to watch this game. I watched Juan Rodriguez dominating at the end. The, the Brian McCann at bat. They were like, this is the only thunder they got on the bat. Do you think they'll, they'll use them? Cause if this doesn't work, they're out of catchers. So I'm like, hey, they're down a run. You got to do it. It's a home run, and then his a home run later in the game to the walk off mm-hmm. was a bomb. It was great. So the first home run goes the other way. Other pitch turns on it. He hit that one about four hundred feet. Bravos, by the way, have won five out of six, and they're uh, moving a little bit closer to the Philadelphia Phillies, who, by the way, got swept. We should mention that by the St. Louis Cardinals. Another dramatic finish yesterday. Pulled in outfield to knock down the uh, the game-winning run. Lance Berkman hits a base hit over the outfield. Berkman's been phenomenal for the Cardinals. In the bottom of the ninth, big dog. Game-winning hit. St. Louis celebrates, and they sweep the Philadelphia Phillies in a 2-1 to thriller. Yeah, uh, Berkman started out uh, real hot in the last couple weeks, Coach. He had cooled off, but then the last two days, and then and yesterday, uh, including a walk-off single, and if you get a walk-off single in the game, that's that's pretty much all you need to do. And maybe it has something to do with he's finally playing the position he wants to, first base. Mm-hmm. You know, did they put him back to first the last couple of days? He's been hitting the ball again. Yep. Yep. Some people said that uh, in Guantanamo, one of the not one of the major uh, torture techniques, but like a preliminary torture, kind of leading up to waterboarding, you had to watch tapes of Lance Berkman and Carlos Lee chase down fly balls in the outfield. Oh my goodness! That is oh, painful. Yeah. It's almost as bad as watching Carlos Pena field a ground ball or Alfonso Soriano on a. Hey, hey, by the way, no, we didn't even bring it up. Coach. We're staying Come away on. from the Cubs. I'm trying to avoid. No, 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 Cubs no, no. I, I, I got to say something. Uh oh. 
One of the finest plays that could have possibly happened yesterday was Darwin Barney backing up the horrible play by Carlos Pena, springing to his feet as he's sliding to pick the ball up to fire home to cut off the run, except, no, it's cut off the ball by Matt Garza, who stops and turns and throws the ball to the exact same place that Darwin Barney was throwing it to, and he's a second late, and because he's a second late, the ball bounces off the runner and goes into the stands. So instead of one run scoring, three runs scored on an infield Error. Yeah, that's what I said, folks. Mm-hmm. An infield error. Yeah. And then later in the game, after you've gotten the lead back, you give up three more unearned runs. Four errors, seven unearned runs in a 7-5 to five loss to a bitter rival. Painful. Not a good night to be a Cup fan. Painful, painful, painful. Mike Quade, as our Facebook page says, right now resting comfortably in a unannounced seniors assisted living facility, and he's trying to regain uh, use of many of his Faculties, big dog. The good news is uh, that Carlos Zambrano was there along with Mike Quade, so not to worry yeah. about Coach Mike. And, and somewhere right now, Ryan Sandberg is smiling. Yeah, nah, probably not. Uh, oh, by yeah. the way, I'm glad you mentioned Darwin. If we're going to bring up Cub Talk today, I'm glad you mentioned Darwin Barney. Because I am telling you right now, folks, this kid is a flat-out player. He is as pure mm-hmm. as they come, big dog, mm-hmm. in every facet of the game. Love watching this guy play. He does everything right, Coach. Yes. He's not going to hit for power, but everything else he does mm. right on the on the baseball field. Boy. We need if we had eight more Darwin Barneys, yep. the Cubs would be in first place right now. He is so solid. One of the one of the most fundamentally sound, solid, and effective. I think he could use that word effective players the Cubs have had in a lot of years. I, I can honestly see the Cubs signing Brandon Phillips next year, putting him at second base, mm-hmm. moving Castro to third, putting Darwin Barney at shortstop. And the Cubs having the best oh, infield in baseball. You can't, you can't replace Aramis Ramirez. Come on. No, no, seriously, Coach. He's about to go on a hot streak. I, I, I yeah. bet you okay. he hits a home run before June 1st. Okay. <laughs> we'll see. Big Doe, we got to wrap it up. We'll be talking uh, game two tomorrow. I hope you're right, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're talking about a Bulls win. But uh, enjoy the view tonight, okay? No, I've already watched the view while I was doing the show with you. <laughs> All right, Big Doe, have a great day. I want to thank Dave Olson, our producer. I'll thank everybody out there for listening. We much, much appreciate it from the end of the world. Coming on Saturday to the beauty of Darwin Barnum and everything in between. We cover the gambit today. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow at 10talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic. Have a great day, everybody.